what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv. This is our ongoing podcast show talking about the world of customer service. How do we provide excellent customer service to those customers and coworkers around us? What are some of the uh, pitfalls of delivering bad customer service? And how can we use a stronger customer service culture to improve our organization as a whole? My name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. Uh, we specialize in customer and employee satisfaction and engagement surveys for a variety of industries. And with me, as always, my co-host on this podcast, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alan. And, and I noticed the last couple podcasts that you don't call me your partner in crime anymore. I know. I was wondering. That phrase got a little played after a while. So I'm coming ah. up, I'm trying to come up with a new a new catchphrase for you. And I'm, I'm still deliberating. I'm still deciding on a few options. I should have something chosen here pretty soon, I think. So okay. if you right. have well, any suggestions I'm- or anybody, any listeners, any suggestions of how I should refer to Ed, I would definitely take your, your, your suggestions. Well, it could be like uh, Batman to your Robin. I don't think I'd say Superman to your Batman based on the movies coming out these days. <laughs> but that, that might uh, imply conflict on our podcast, which we do have at times, but uh, I don't know. We'll, I'll think on that. Well, speaking of big blockbuster superhero movies, I might remind everybody there's another show on this network called Foot Candle Films where – Lo and behold, we just actually reviewed said superhero battle film in the last few days, and the results may surprise you. So tune that in and listen to that episode. Anyway, let me come back to our our main show here. So, Ed, as we talk about customer service and and our ongoing series here, we talk about different aspects of customer service, things that uh, different elements that make up a really healthy or, in some situations, unhealthy customer service culture in an organization. We've used a word in passing from time to time when we talk about customer reactions or how customers are feeling treated by the people they're dealing with in organizations. That's come up from time to time. That idea is respect or, more specifically, disrespect. Employ- or customers feeling disrespected. And like we've been known to do on some specific terms in the past, sometimes these words, they're a very broad word, but they actually have some very specific meanings behind them. And I think what we want to do in today's conversation is talk about this concept of disrespect. And I think you've got some thoughts on how the concept of disrespect has impact on a customer service experience that we can provide. Yes, definitely. And uh, the, re- the reason why this is so important is, uh, as a discussion topic, is that respect is so important to customers nowadays. Um, you know, it's interesting if you uh, hear complaints from customers, you read complaints online, oftentimes they talk about being disrespected or they were dissed or, you know, something along those lines, some kind of term like that is used. So what we're going to do today is define respect and then flip it to find disrespect. And then we'll talk about what exactly can cause a customer to feel that way. What happens in that one-on-one moment of truth, that customer experience that can really cause them to feel disrespected. And then how do we try to avoid those types of situations, uh, those types of feelings? And I think this is a good conversation to have because you, you hear people will just use the word, I didn't feel respected or I felt disrespected in that example. And I think there's a lot of ways that uh, I think employees or or people dealing with customers could probably uh, define that or try to interpret that. And what we're really talking about is there's a very specific set of emotions or feelings behind the word respect or the opposite of disrespect, right? Yes, definitely. I mean, if you you think about the word respect uh, and you go to just a standard dictionary definition of it, it, if you respect somebody, it's almost like you're admiring somebody deeply. Uh, you know, you, you, you admire their abilities, their qualities, their, their achievements, something like that. So, I mean, there's a little bit of emotion involved if you really respect somebody. There's an emotional component to that oftentimes. So when you think about disrespect, there's also an emotional component to disrespect. Now, the way the Internet defines disrespect, and, and this is, uh, I'm sure, 100% accurate because it came from the Internet. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. But, Everything yeah. online is completely accurate. So sure. Exactly. So uh, it's more of a lack of courtesy or, or an insult. 
Um, but maybe a, a better way, you know, maybe a more raw way to look at the concept of disrespect is to look at the definition of dist. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you've ever heard, I was dist, or that mm-hmm. person dist me. Yeah. I mean, the, the definition of dist you could view as uh, being rude mm-hmm. to somebody, uh, criticizing them in a way that shows disrespect, treating them with contempt even. Mm. Um, here are some examples uh, of, of how somebody might use the word dis. And, and I don't necessarily use this a ton, Alan, so you'll have to really interpret my tone of voice with this. But <laughs> why you be dissing me? Oh, my. Yes. yeah, this is painful. <laughs> <laughs> don't diss me, pro, bro. Yes. Or how about the, the wonderful, don't you go dissing somebody just because you've got a few more dead presidents than, than they do. Oh and gosh. Alan right now is red. He's heaving. Uh, he, he's about to fall off his chair. Oh. So I know this is not a video podcast, obviously, uh, if there was such a thing. But, uh, best, best, yes. ep- best episode of Stepping Up Service ever. I'm just going to say it right now. We're five minutes in and I'm loving this. Um, but well, but back to what you're saying. Yes, I mean it, the the concept of dissing. I mean, there's a reason why I think dis. You know, the the part that we see before the the negative connotations of words such as disrespect. You know, it's this whole idea of putting off somebody. It, it seems like it's this whole I I don't value any more of what you have to say, or I don't value your presence in the situation. And um, yeah, I, I, I totally see the connection there. And it's interesting how I never really thought about how it's pulling the diss from a like disrespect or disregard. And that's become that slang term now. So you're, uh, that's interesting. Yes. And I'm glad you recovered enough to speak in complete coherent I'm sentence. Us, and I was worried about you there for a second. I'm getting so. us back on a professional track here. So, <laughs> so, so I, uh, you know, oftentimes in training, I'll talk about respect and disrespect mm-hmm. and, and I'll ask the participants before we actually get into a discussion about what do we do mm-hmm. uh, about um, disrespect, overcome it. How do we make sure we convey respect? I just ask the participants in training to give me examples mm-hmm. uh, of what uh, respect looks like, and then I'll kind of flip it and say, "Well, then, what does disrespect look like?" And when when they talk about respect, they often talk about eye contact, mm-hmm. show that you listen, uh, appropriate tone of voice, you know, engaging somebody with attentive expressions, body language. You know, those are the ways that people feel like they're being with, treated with respect or the converse of that. If they don't feel like they're getting the eye contact, they don't feel like you're listening, they don't feel like the tone of voice is right, they don't feel like you're being attentive to their needs, that's when the disrespect kicks in. So it's really interesting that a lot of what they talk about has nothing to do with the words the employee says. Hmm. You know, it's a lot of the nonverbal communication oh, that goes on. There's point. a lack of communication. Yeah. So, so what I'd like to do with you is I'm actually going to give you some very specific examples of how somebody could convey disrespect. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to ask you to kind of piggyback on these, see if you can come up with additional ideas. Does that sound good, Alan? Absolutely, sure. Now, now, I will tell you that there are no points or bonus points or mm-hmm. awards for today. This is purely tapping into your brain, Alan, with it without any kind of carrot uh, no. at the end. Well, so. my enthusiasm's diminished greatly, but we'll, it has. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and go with it. I'll, I'll allow it this, this episode, so uh, please okay. continue. Right. We'll, 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 get, we'll get back on track at the next episode, Perfect. Alan. So Thank it's going to be all about you again. And by the way, I see you holding up your Carolina mug despite the uh, championship game. So I'm glad that you're still in support of your, your team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Yes. We, we, we don't yes. talk about it much in my house. I, uh, I'm not, the, the kids are not allowed to ask me any more questions about the game or anything else. So we, we just kind of pretend like it didn't happen. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I, I have to apologize before you go into these specific examples. I realize I'm playing with your emotions today, Alan, because we started out by you being, uh, you know, almost falling off your chair in laughter, your face turning red, hard to breathe. And I follow that up with today's podcast is not about you. And oh, by the way, your favorite basketball team lost. So just, I, I don't mean to play with your emotions. I'm like on that. a roller coaster of emotions right now. So, yes, yeah, so yes. just people just just follow along for the ride. So, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, the, the first way people can show disrespect is obviously with their tone of voice. And these are specific examples we hear, we see over and over again. If you the employee talks over the customer or the employee interrupts the customer. Mm. Oftentimes that employee or excuse me, a customer is going to feel disrespected. Uh, if the employee is talking loudly 
or they're very short, curt, or they're talking very fast, like they're trying to rush through the conversation, uh, there might be that feeling of disrespect. Or one thing that happens a ton, and this is a little bit more nuanced, but if the employee in their tone of voice somehow is being condescending, mm-hmm. uh, talking down uh, to that customer, then the the customer may feel disrespected. Can, can you think of any other tone-related uh, actions by the employee that could make a customer feel disrespected? I could see a tone of uh, a little hint of sarcasm could be used. I mean, very slight. I yeah. could see That's somebody using, thing. even though the words, what they're saying may be accurate, but the way they're saying it from a sarcastic tone Maybe it could definitely hit that disrespect button, I'm sure, with customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned about the quickness. That was the one I was going to say. Just trying to talk fast. It's like you're hustling them along. You may be following the perfect script with your words, but if you're saying it in that kind of quick way of just, I need to get moving on, that's, a, that's definitely a level of disrespect as well. And even just the, the, the enthusiasm behind the voice. I mean, again, if you read a script, uh, that may be the perfect words that you're supposed to say. But if you're saying it in a very, uh, you know, kind of just it's exhausted, almost just a tone of just, I really don't care. I'm saying these things, but you can tell in my voice, I'm really not into this conversation. Uh, that's, I could see all those hitting that disrespect button pretty easily. Yeah, that's a great example. Like, for example, if I was to say something like, uh, Alan, I am so terribly upset for you that your Tar Heels lost uh, it is crushing to me. Uh, you know, there's nothing I'd rather do right now than, uh, you know, somehow get a win for the Tar Heels for you. <laughs> you know, would that be disrespectful, Alan? Yeah, absolutely. Or just cruel? Well, yes. both, all of the above. Um, but the disrespect is definitely there because I, 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 to me, anytime you know that the words they're saying are not matching the emotion in which they're saying it, yes. to me, that, that smacks of a, of a level of disrespect. Right. Uh, And body language is somewhat similar to tone. Again, we're not necessarily talking about the specific words as much as how they're delivered. And body language, these are some specific examples. If the employee's talking and their arms are crossed, or they're they're supposedly listening to the customer with their arms crossed, or the employee literally puts their hand up, uh, kind of in a stopping position Mm -hmm. uh, in front of that customer, or it's the finger pointing by the employee, or rolling the eyes. I mean... Are there any other examples that you can think of that are very disrespectful that may, maybe it's just the way the employee is, the way they communicate, you know, it, they don't mean it this way, but examples of body language that could come across as being disrespectful? Well, you know, I, I, I always have a hard time when people say that if, if somebody's not looking directly at you and they're talking, that that's disrespectful, because I know I, there's a lot of people who have a really hard time with affixing constant eye contact with someone that's when true. they're talking. That's a difficult skill. It really that's is true. uncomfortable for people. I don't see that as disrespect, but I can tell if somebody is looking past you. In other words, they're almost like they're not intentionally looking away because they're just uncomfortable making direct eye contact, but they're actually looking beyond you at something else or something else has got their attention. And it's very obvious that they're not really paying attention to you at that point. I do think there's a difference between paying attention without direct eye contact and not paying attention by being affixed on something else. And to me, that, that definitely shows some disrespect levels there as well. Yeah, th- those are excellent observations. I mean, uh, and for those folks who are less comfortable with the constant eye contact, the trick there is when their eyes are not on the customer, make sure they're on something that conveys respect. Maybe they're on their, their notebook where they're taking some notes and mm-hmm. their, their eyes are going from the notebook to the customer, from the notebook to the customer, um, as opposed to the eyes wandering and looking at other people in the room or, you know, glancing down at the phone or something like that. Those are excellent points. Yeah. I, um, I always feel bad when people say, oh, you've got to have direct eye contact the whole time. That's a really tough thing to do. If you've really right. ever paid attention, trying to keep eye contact with somebody during an entire conversation is really tricky. But, but I do think you can tell, and I like your idea of have a notepad or something yes. that at least if you're not comfortable keeping the eye contact there, at least something that shows that I'm engaged in this conversation. So Right. And sometimes it's a little bit of an aside, but uh, sometimes it's inappropriate to have constant eye contact. Mm-hmm. Um, there are actually, uh, this is, I want to say three or four years ago, I can't recall the supermarket chain, but a supermarket chain put into their customer service or customer service standards expectations of employees that all the clerks would make 
constant eye contact with the customers when they were checking them out. Well, the, several of the female uh, employees actually complained to the company, may have even sued the company because uh, the male, some of the male customers thought that the clerks were hitting on them <laughs> because of the constant wow. eye contact. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just that sort of thing that, you know, everything in moderation, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you just want to be a little bit careful if you have the constant eye contact and, and having that being misinterpreted at times. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing people don't think a lot about when they think about respect, but it's very important is to think about wait times. Um, you know, it, the idea of being respectful of other people's times, you know, sometimes we don't think of it as being disrespectful, but if somebody has been sitting uh, in a waiting room for an hour, or if somebody has been on hold for a long time, or, you know, if somebody is, is doing some employees doing other things, uh, while the customer's present, it's delaying the transaction. Um, many customers can perceive that as being disrespectful of my time. Okay, so sure. you're not necessarily doing anything, but you're wasting my time by doing other things that are really not uh, helping me to get my goal achieved or helping me to get off the phone and do other things or whatever the case might be. So this is something people, uh, companies don't think about a lot, but a lot of customers can feel disrespected uh, if there are excessive wait times. That's a good point. I was trying to think through situations where something away from a human interaction could be perceived as disrespect. And you're right. It's wait time. I think I can't think of many other examples outside of human interaction that can mm-hmm. be regarded as disrespectful, but definitely the wait time or wasting of my time uh, is absolutely something that somebody could translate as a disrespectful measure. So, yeah. Mm. And the last uh, category of disrespect that an employee could convey that we're going to go through, I'm just going to hit a laundry list. These are different actions, different sure. words, different things. Uh, if you, as an employer, are talking on the phone while the customer is standing in front of you, yes. the customer could feel disrespected. Uh, if you're talking with a coworker, just chit-chatting, mm-hmm. while the customer is waiting for you to serve them, that can be considered disrespect. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you are talking about the customer while the customer is present and you're not engaging the customer in that conversation, uh, and this is big in healthcare. We have a couple of healthcare workers talking about a patient, the patient's in the room, but they're talking about the patient as if the patient is not in the room, mm-hmm. as if the mm-hmm. patient is just a subject or a, a task or something like that. Uh, talking about the customer while they're present without including the customer, that can be considered very disrespectful. Absolutely. Uh, another another healthcare example, uh, and this happens a lot now in physician practices. If you if that physician or that tech is looking at the computer while they're engaged with the customer, because they have to get all that medical information mm-hmm. into the computer, and they are so locked in on that computer that they're not engaging with their eye contact at all. That customer that can be considered disrespect. Yes. Uh, we do a lot of work with educational organizations, and uh, one thing, especially when you're get, dealing with high school and uh, you're dealing with college and you're dealing with university students, is if you criticize a student in front of other students, in front of their peers, that can just incite that student to get irate, upset, to throw a big fit mm-hmm. because they feel like uh, you know you've dissed them in front of their peers or they maybe have to put on a show. So criticizing a student in front of other students, an easy way to, for a student or a customer to feel disrespected. Three more. Okay. Uh, when you're discussing blame, mm-hmm. using the word you, mm. you know, that this, this happened. If you wouldn't have done this, when you did this, if you're talking to a customer and you use you, 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 and talking about blame, they can feel disrespected. They can get defensive. Boom. There's your irate customer situation. Absolutely. Second, if they feel like you're ignoring them. Mm-hmm. Third, if you answer a question they didn't ask, you know, so I, I, it's something like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really curious, what's the, the process of signing up for this service? Well, sir, uh, the service is $87. And uh, if you want to upgrade, I'd really suggest that I you see. upgrade for this service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have the basic TV package, but the, the other TV package is $135. You get all these additional channels. Wait, wait. I just wanted to know what the process was. Right. If I wanted to do it, how would I do it? It's what almost kind of a matter of there? It, it's almost like the where if a customer perceives that that employee is trying to do something, uh, you know, a little more selfish, whether it's trying to upsell yes. something, whether it's trying to get you going in a different direction, distract you from something. 
it's very obvious. And when customers pick up on that, you're saying that's a, that's a level of disrespect as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so these are just a, a series of different things that maybe the employee doesn't mean anything by it. Maybe the company doesn't mean anything by it. But all of a sudden, the customer feels disrespected. So we have to understand that our customers time, you know, their goals, how they feel, you know, is important to them. So we have to respect them with the body language, with the tone, with what they say, with the quality of what we do, the responsiveness, et cetera. And before we go to our break, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to get your impression, Alan. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you were to kind of be a, a fly on the wall and you're watching this customer employee interaction mm-hmm. and the employees obviously doing some of these specific things that can create disrespect, what could happen when that employee is creating disrespect? What might that customer do or, or what could happen to that organization, to that employee, if that disrespect is being conveyed? Well, I mean, a couple of different paths. I mean, it depends on the type of personality of the customer. You know, you're going to either have the ones that are going to be uh, frustrated during that experience and very visibly frustrated and maybe saying something about uh, feeling like they're being disrespected or feeling frustrated. What I think is actually worse is where they're going to leave without saying anything and either going to tell family, friends, other people about how they felt disrespected. And I can't think of a worse recommendation to not go somewhere than to say, I really felt disrespected there. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a strong phrase. I can't imagine anybody, if, if one of my close friends told me, I felt disrespected when I went to this place of business. It would be a hard situation for me to convince myself of any reason why I would need to go there myself. Wow. Um, so, yeah. you know, you've got lack, lack, lack of sales. You've got poor reputation out in, the, out in the business place. You know, filing complaints. You know, I could definitely see a complaint coming back and that would hit the employee themselves. That calls that level of disrespect. That, that's a strong word, disrespect. It's worse to me than just rude. You know, rude is a little more of a transient thing. It's like somebody can just be rude with one simple action, but a disrespect is a much more of a, I am really treating you as a customer at a whole different negative light. Um, And I got to imagine there's just a lot of negative ramifications for a business and the employee uh, when that word disrespect is floated around. Yeah. And I loved how you phrased uh, that, that one point in particular about, if you had via word of mouth, a friend, a colleague, a family member say that business disrespected me, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people are really going to want to patronize that business if their family member was disrespected? Exactly. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't want to go within, within 10 miles of that particular organization. So, yeah. And I know a lot of our clients, a lot of the folks listening to this podcast think, well, I would never be disrespectful. You know, it, and maybe that's true intentionally, but but here is the question: If you ever have had a customer and they just stopped coming, mm-hmm. if you ever have noticed that there are a lot of complaints being voiced, or you don't get high ratings on your satisfaction surveys, if you ever notice customers getting upset and you don't know why, uh, if you ever see your conversations seemingly be longer than they really need to be. You know, these are symptoms of problems, and maybe the root cause is, for whatever reason, that customer is feeling disrespected. And when you start seeing the symptoms of these problems, the complaints, the upset, the emotions, the the lack of customers returning, the retention, the lack of cross-sell, upsell, the, the those issues being escalated to your boss, those conversations getting longer, maybe your reputation in the community, like you mentioned, not being as high as you would want it to be, if you start seeing some of these issues then you need to start saying, well, what is within my control that may have impacted or caused this to occur? And maybe for whatever reason, not intentionally, obviously, but for whatever reason, that customer is feeling disrespected. That's right. That's, that's, you, you hit on the real danger there is that most customers are not just going to come right out and say to you, I felt disrespected by what you just said, or I felt disrespected by the way this happened. It would, be a, it would be a much easier world to rectify problems and fix things if we, everybody was told exactly what happened to cause a problem mm-hmm. right when it happened. But it doesn't happen that way. Most of the time, right. it's the customer leaves, and they feel that way. They tell everybody about that, and then you're losing business. And unless you're really paying attention, you don't quite know why, like you said. And yes. uh, that's, that's the scary part about it is that this is just like rudeness, just like other little things, you know. Uh, 
with a process, you can see when a process is breaking down. If you see that all of your order times are not hitting their deadlines and you see that there's a lot of returns coming back on our quality product, that's something that you see as a business person. You understand, oh, wow, this is a problem. We need to fix it. Disrespect, I mean, you're not going to be told a lot of times when customers mm-hmm. feel disrespected. You've got to know what the symptoms could be, like you just said, to, to be aware of them. And that's uh, it's a, it's a tough thing. It really is. I'm, I know it's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. So we're going to talk about how do we try to avoid situations where the customer might feel disrespected. When we come back from the break, we're actually going to talk about specific things you can do to make sure we're conveying respect and we're not even inadvertently crossing that line to disrespect and causing some of these problems that we just described. Sounds like a plan. So what we'll do is let's take a quick break. And when we do come back, we will follow up on this conversation, talking about some ideas and tactics to help make sure we avoid that word disrespect ever being floated around from our employees or our organizations. Uh, I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. I'm speaking with Ed Gagnon of Customer Service Solutions. You're listening to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-host of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, Well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Before we continue, just a quick reminder that you are listening to this podcast, free audio podcast on TheMesh.TV. If you're interested in other audio content, similar in subject matter, or looking at something completely different, we recommend going on the website TheMesh.TV, and that is T-H-E-M-E-S-H.TV. And when you do so, uh, you will be seeing all of the shows that we have on our network, everything from uh, there's been sports shows uh, from past seasons. We've got shows about caring for aging parents. We've got film review shows. We've got uh, everything in between you can imagine. We've got uh, Chick Chat. That's one of our popular shows there that uh, is always a fun time to listen to. So a lot of great shows. We encourage you to give it a listen to. All of the shows are free. Uh, you can subscribe to them through any of your own audio or podcast programs on your mobile device or computer or tablet or whatever it may be. And we archive all of the episodes in the past. So even for stepping up service, you can go all the way back in the archives and start listening with episode number one, which I encourage you to do this weekend, uh, download <laughs> all of the past episodes. It's, it's a weekend full of, uh, of great information and education. And uh, what better way than to spend your weekend with headphones on, listening to Ed and Alan talk about customer service. I think it'd be great. Uh, But it's all there. But in all seriousness, if there are specific topics, uh, you can go and search for those topics on the website and see if there's some episodes we've recorded to deal with that. And if there isn't, we encourage you to reach out to us and let us know of any topics you'd like for us to discuss or consider discussing in a future episode. So, Ed, as we come back uh, talking about disrespect, you know, the first half of, uh, half of the episode, we really were talking about the definition of disrespect. What does it mean? What are some of the symptoms of it? And then what could be the impact on our organization if customers feel disrespected? So you kind of set us up for the second half to talk about this idea of what are some tactics or ideas or things we can do with employees, with our organization to try to avoid that label of disrespect that is so dangerous to, uh, for our organization. Yeah. So we're going to look at this, uh, to some extent from a tactical standpoint, what can each individual person do? We'll look at this in some cases from the organizational standpoint, but when we talk about specific actions you can take or things you can do to avoid being perceived as being disrespectful, we're going to use these same four categories we just talked about when we looked at examples of disrespect. So we'll talk about tone of voice. Tone of voice, talk right. Talk about body language. Mm-hmm. Talk about wait times. Talk about just other actions, other phrases in general. So let's start with tone of voice. Okay. When you think about your tone of voice, uh, make sure that you're really cognizant of the volume of your voice. You know, the, the louder you are, generally speaking, the more likely that you can be viewed as being disrespectful. So typically have a lower voice or mid-level voice. Uh, I was uh, talking to somebody who used to be a prison guard 
in, in New York City and in, in, uh, or New York State, excuse me. And they, she talked about how she tried to diffuse situations. And one of the things she said was, uh, if they're talking loud, you know, they're being very agitated. Uh, she talks even more quietly because it's very difficult to have an argument with somebody who's almost whispering. So in, if you want to really come across respectfully, it, you, you really love come across as being aggressive, loud, and maybe coming across as being disrespectful. That's when you go really loud. So adjust your voice level, the volume down a little bit. Second point is to try to have a little bit of variability in your voice. You mm-hmm. talked about flat and monotone and how if you communicate in a certain way, you can really contradict your words and sound sarcastic. So make sure you have some variability, some up and down, a few pauses here and there. Don't go flat. Flat <laughs> conveys that you don't care. Mm-hmm. You're not that interested. So modify your speed and cadence a little bit as well. And then finally, uh, with your tone of voice, uh, make sure that, that you're using your voice to emphasize certain key words. You know, so thank you very much for this. Mm-hmm. Or from what I understand, your main priority is the wait time. Is that correct? Um, so if you emphasize certain key points, then that customer knows, yes, this person gets my, what's most important to me. Or this person is really focused on what my need is and what my particular point is. So when you think a little bit lower with your tone of voice to convey more respect. Have a little bit of variability, some up and down, not the flat monotone. Have a little pace to it, but you know, put in some stops and starts there. And then emphasize certain key points, especially if you are reinforcing what that customer just told you to convey that you've listened well, you've heard what their need or issue or desire is. Now, I can already hear some people who may be listening to this saying, well, you know, my, my tone of voice is, is, it is what it is. I don't have a lot of variability in my tone of voice. I'm a very monotone person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to say things very fast or very loud or whatever it may be. What do you recommend? I mean, somebody who's just, that's just the way I talk. I mean, are we, are we telling them they've got to kind of force themselves out of that, out of that shell? And, and if so, how can they do that? How can they best kind of try to work on that? Yes. Uh, Excellent question. Um, three thoughts. Number one uh, is role play well, okay, and get yeah. feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, just sit down uh, with a coworker, with a supervisor, with somebody else, and and basically have them present a need or an issue or request as a customer to you. You interact and then have them evaluate you. And you can do this with body language, too, which we'll discuss in a minute. But have them evaluate your tone of voice, evaluate your body language. Because for many people, they're just really not self-aware of how they come across. So Mm -hmm. the first thing is role play. The second is to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. So literally, just record yourself when you're engaged with a customer. You know, you can record yourself. You don't have to worry about recording the customer's voice, obviously. I know there's certain legal things you need to do. But you can record your voice. So listen to how you truly sound. Uh, you know, one, one of the, the first speech class I ever took, I saw myself on video actually giving a speech. And it was eye-opening, you know, because I, I knew certain things I did okay. I knew certain things I didn't do okay. But I really didn't have a sense of how I came across to others until I saw myself. And then all of a sudden I was the audience of me presenting. So if you can listen to yourself and kind of view yourself as the audience of yourself, uh, then it might help you to really understand what that customer is experiencing. Third thing is, yes, you might have to alter your your approach a little bit based on you know what what you've heard in the role play, what you've uh, viewed when you've listened to yourself. But but even though you're doing that, the third thing really is if you are self aware now of how you come across to others. And we have a lot of clients like this who they come from the Northeast and they talk fast. They will literally tell the customer, you know, just just to let you know, I, I'm, I'm talking a little fast. It's just kind of how I am, you know, from from being from up north. So, you know, if I'm talking too fast at any point in time and anything's unclear, just let me know. You know, make a little bit of a joke about it. Okay. Be clear and upfront right. with the customer mm-hmm. so they understand you're not doing that to talk over them. You're not doing that because you like patience, just kind of how you are. It helps to establish a rapport a little bit. So the third way really is, you know, if you've done everything you can to modify and yet you're still who you are and you still can't make that last adjustment, just kind of be open mm-hmm. with the customer. Mm-hmm. 
let them know, uh, use it as an opportunity to establish a little bit of rapport with the customer. Uh, that's a good point. A good point. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, is obviously if, if somebody's really adamant and, and feels like they're meant for a role with customer service, direct customer service, but the tone of voice is an issue for them, I think getting that feedback and just being honest with yourself, you know, for right. the feedback you receive and, uh, but, but you're right. That third option. I mean, if you can kind of just dispel that concern right up yes. the front, uh, that does go a long way. I mean, I'm trying to think to myself, any example where someone's tone of voice was very off putting, it could be seen as disrespectful. If they had said in a kind of a light manner or a, uh, Hey, just so you know, this is where I'm from, or this is how I talk, whatever that would, that totally negates any disrespectful concerns I would have had in that rest of that conversation. So yes, yeah. Yeah, good definitely. point. Very good point. So we, with body language, what do we suggest doing on body language? Yeah. A lot of those, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of those key points we just described apply here in terms of the role play, watching yourself in a mirror, uh, you know, letting people know you talk a lot with your hands, for example, mm-hmm. you know, you might do that, but in terms of some of the specific things you can do, you know, obviously, if you're engaged with a customer, just stop doing other things. You know, stop playing with the cell phone. Stop looking at the computer. Stop working on your equipment. Stop the paperwork. Because even if you're doing something for the customer, if you haven't told them I'm doing this so I can make sure I get everything documented, if you're just doing it and they don't know why, they perceive you as being disrespectful. So mm-hmm. literally just stop other things that you're doing, make that eye contact. We talked about appropriate versus inappropriate eye contact earlier. You know, nod periodically, you know, shows you're engaged. It shows you you're not that brick wall. Uh, We already talked about documenting a few things. And then some things people don't really think about a whole lot is along with having some open arms, uh, literally as opposed to cross arms, having some open arms or having your hands kind of cupped together as you're listening to the other individual, make sure you have good posture. You know, make sure if they're talking, uh, you might rest your chin on your your hand and maybe lean in a little bit to show you're really engaged. So think about some of those things that with your body language are conveying your focus on nothing but that individual you care in that moment about nothing but that particular individual's needs. Mm. And, you know, the whole body language thing, I was trying to think, obviously, everything we're talking about is great for an employee dealing with a customer. Yes. But even in an internal organization, employees around one another as coworkers, tone of voice, yes, it's important, but it's probably not as critical because I think employees probably get used to this is the kind of tone of voice that this employee has. And I'm a yes. little more customized to it. I know that just because this person talks monotone doesn't mean they're not interested in what I'm saying or talking to me in a respectful way. Body language, though, still goes a long way, even inside a, a company with coworkers and people who depend on one another from a customer service standpoint. You know, you could still that distracted feeling with a cell phone while you're in a meeting, uh, uh, kind of looking pensive with your body language while someone's talking. That still has an impact and can still affect even customer service within an organization mm-hmm. outside of employee to customer outside. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's. There's a slight line, but there is definitely a line between they are doing this because just how they are. They are talking at this rate. They're talking with this volume to, because that's what they are. But when you're looking at your phone while somebody's speaking, when you are uh, rolling your eyes or you are twiddling the pen and leaning back in your chair with horrible posture or you're rolling your eyes that's not just how you are that's you either reacting to the situation or you ignoring the situation so that's where that line comes in it's not just who you are it it is how you are conveying that you're not engaged or you're uh, really uh, having some kind of a negative reaction to what's being said at that point absolutely absolutely so weights yeah so with the wait time so again that's that's one of the four that's you know, a little different in that it's not yes. a direct uh, employee interaction situation, but obviously a very, very big factor of disrespect. Yeah. And this is one of these where it is more company centric, a, a lot of the solutions rather than individual centric. Um, you know, you talked earlier about how you, you kind of know if there's wait times. If uh, there is an organization of any size, they know how long people are waiting on the phone to get into their call center or, or to talk to people. They know. Uh, what percentage of people abandon their call 
uh, after they've initiated. Uh, they know what the typical uh, time is between somebody calling in and scheduling an appointment and getting that appointment booked. They know if somebody's in the ER, how long they waited until they got registered, how long from when they got registered until when they went back. So you know, some of this is uh, able to be monitored by the organization with mm-hmm. through metrics, through reporting, rather than just through customer feedback. So obviously one of the things that the organization wants to do is have a really good handle just based on their internal management reporting on what actually are the wait times, what are the process times, and look for opportunities to reduce and eliminate wait times. More from an individual employee standpoint, uh, but again, this can be something company-driven, is when you're dealing with wait times, you want to make sure employees are checking in with the customer, uh, especially if there are waits and they are saying they're trying to manage that expectation. You know, this is going to be about a 30-minute process before we can get you back. Uh, and if it's going to be longer, they're touching base with that customer or that patient or that individual periodically to manage that expectation. So that's something that can be done to convey respect. Even though the time might convey disrespect, if you're keeping that customer up to date, uh, you're managing that expectation, that conveys respect. Um, if you apologize for the wait, that conveys respect. If yeah. you are checking in with the customer at the start of a call or interaction, especially if there's been a long wait. So you know that this particular customer has been waiting 27 minutes on the phone. Uh, you, you might check in before you start the call and try to gauge their emotions at that point, gauge how their day's going, apologize for the wait. If you are in a room and that person's waited 45 minutes to see you, before you come in and say, let me see your paperwork, you know, you, you try to gauge where they're at emotionally before you begin that interaction. So those are some specific things you can do to try to pull away the potential sense of disrespect. Hmm. Okay, gotcha. And, and I think the biggest one you hit on is just that acknowledgement of it. I mean, I think, yes. you know, as long as employees understand, wow, the wait time really kind of got out of control here. We yeah. got really backlogged. Things are really, really insane acknowledging it and yes. saying, Hey, we're sorry for the wait time, or it's just going to be that much longer. I can't tell you the number of times where I've sat through such a long wait experience for something. And when the employee comes on the phone or up to the counter and just says, yes, can I help you? And it's just, there's no acknowledgement of, Hey, listen, I'm really sorry for the wait. You know, yes. Then that automatically amplifies that, that perception of disrespect. It's like, well, you just wasted 45 minutes of my time. What should have been a five minute wait time. And there's no acknowledgement of it. And yes. I think that's the biggest thing. So yeah. um, it, it, customers would love for the wait time to be fixed, but they also, I think, are pretty understanding when sometimes there is a wait, lo- wait time longer than expected. But you've got to acknowledge it and you've got to say address it and apologize for it or try to do something to make amends for it. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, then, and that's actually a good segue, some of these principles that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, to our final category of conveying respect. Uh, and avoiding disrespect is actions. And we're going to talk about some principles. And a good principle uh, overall is to to think customer first. Mm-hmm. Customer first, customer first. Like customer over computer. Customer is more important than computer. Person over the phone. The person in front of you is more important than that mm-hmm. phone. Uh, customer before coworker. You know, focus on yeah. the customer before the coworker. So all these are about the customer being first. Customer over computer, person over phone, customer before coworker. You know, if you have those uh, principles in mind, then the, you have a much better chance of conveying respect. A couple other thoughts mm-hmm. uh, when you're trying to convey respect, make sure you're reading the customer. A lot of what we're talking about is what we're doing, uh, but you can sometimes get a sense if the customer feels like they're being disrespected. Okay. So make sure you're not just focusing on your own behaviors, but you're kind of reading their behaviors, reading their action, reading their tone of voice. Make sure you're answering their question, confirming your understanding. We use the phrase all the time I learned years ago in, a, I think it was a DDI, customer service course, called clarify and confirm. Mm. You know, if you're clarifying what their need is and you're confirming or restating it back to them, clarify and confirm, clarify and confirm, that's an example that you're efficiently, effectively listening to them. Right. Be patient. Mm-hmm. You know, if they yes. feel like you're being rushed, that they are going to get ticked off, especially uh, if they went to the website, tried to find the answer, tried to call up, tried to find the answer, got in their car, drove down in the pouring rain, walked into the building, went up the elevator, waited in line 15 minutes. They went through all that 
effort to get to you, and now you feel like they feel like you're rushing them. You know, that's an issue. And finally, this is something to think about. This gets back to the whole student. Don't criticize in front of their peers. Praise in public and criticize or correct in private. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you praise in public, criticize or correct in private, then they're not going to feel disrespected. But if you are criticizing them, you're correcting them in public in front of peers, that's when the boom happens. Yeah, I absolutely could see that. I mean, and yes, it's a little, man, I don't want to say it's a little coddling because I mean, you know, there's some organizations and some leaders I know that say, listen, I want to make example of somebody who really messed up. I need everybody else to know that that person messed up. But the problem with that, I think the problem outweighs it is that, you know, you're, you're reprimanding somebody in public. What could have been the one mistake they've made in the last few months. Yes. And it's a level of disrespect where you've now clouded that, that, that you've clouded that integrity of that employee in front of everybody else. Exactly. So I, I agree with you. I think it's still, you, you reprimand in private. You figure out some other ways to make lessons for your other team or things they need to remember from it, but without it penalizing and pointing a finger at one person in yes. a critical fashion, because the, the, the dangers much more outweigh what you're trying to accomplish with that. So, yeah, I mean, you can break down trust. You mm-hmm. could uh, end up getting that person to be passive because they're like, if I screw up, everybody in the organization is going to know. So I'm just going to do nothing. Yeah. And that way I'm going to really stay inside my body. That way I'm not going to be made to look bad. Um, you know, their passion, their energy, their engagement. I know with the Jackson group, you do a ton of employee engagement related, climate related studies. Now uh, that, that's a great way to shut down engagement is if you are criticizing publicly, uh, of that employee. And at that point they become passive. They don't buy in, they don't have the energy, they don't have the passion. Uh, and now you have, um, you know, folks internally who are there, uh, and others start carrying the water for them because mm-hmm. they're really not pulling their weight. They become that individual who's disengaged because they were disrespected. Absolutely. So tone of voice, body language, wait time, and then just some more active ways of showing respect. You know, Definitely. Talking through those things that really can lead to a feeling of disrespect with customers and some tactics and ideas on ways to make sure we combat that as we go forward. Definitely. And, and again, you know, we're talking about this concept of disrespect, and I think it's just so important to understand that a customer who gets a product shipped to them that has a problem with it and they need to have it shipped back and fixed, you know, that's generally not going to apply disrespect in most situations. You know, I think when we, I, I think most customers can be pretty okay with that happening as long as the process is smooth and clean and there's some acknowledgement from the, from the company that this happened. But as we're talking about things that actually impact their time, their uh, their uh, n- their nature in dealing with a person, and they feel like they're being disrespected, that's really the kind of things we're talking about. It's deeper than rudeness. It's deeper than not having a very clean process. It's mm-hmm. deeper than not having the best customer service culture. This is really truly a somebody comes away from experience feeling lower and feeling like somebody has just – diss them so yeah. i mean kind of to harken back to the beginning so it, it is yeah. i mean it, it makes perfect sense there it's uh, i can't think of too many things that are more damaging to a customer if that kind of word and mentality got out in the marketplace yeah and it's interesting because a lot of what you just talked about there reminds me of uh, attributes that we have in a lot of surveys we designed that get at feeling valued mm-hmm. i feel valued by deep that gets into do i feel valued by this organization? Do they uh, care about me as a person? Do they care about my business? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ed, thanks for all the input on the idea of defining and reacting to disrespect and helping avoid it in any customer situations. Now, we always at the end of our show have our customer service stories of the month. And uh, today is no exception. We both have a story to share. Uh, we will each bring a story to the table. It could be a positive story. could be a negative one that we've experienced in the last 30-some days. And uh, kind of use it as a good lesson out there, positive yes. or negative, for everybody listening. So, uh, Ed, if it's okay with you, I'll go ahead and go first on sure. the story here. Uh, I don't – well, I do know why. It seems like most of my customer service stories that I share uh, have to uh, deal with movie theaters. 
And it's probably because that's where I spend quite a bit of time outside of my house and outside of my office. Uh, the movie theater is probably in, in the third uh, running for, for a place I will spend my time. So I was on vacation for a very short uh, Easter weekend, and uh, the weather was horrible. So we ended up, uh, I took my boys to go see a movie uh, on a Saturday afternoon when the rain was just pouring, and there was really nothing else to do outside. I'm pretty critical in movie theaters. Uh, I expect a certain level of experience to really go. I mean, especially with ticket prices going up, I feel like there's got to be some return. And I know that they're competing pretty hard to keep people from just renting a movie and watching it at home. So my thinking is if I'm going to pay $10 a ticket, you know, to see a movie, I really need something better experience wise. And uh, so we attended the theater uh, near the vacation spot where we were. I'd never been there before. And uh, it was uh, it was not good. It was uh, it was a pretty rotten experience. And I'll tell you why. It, uh, the, I'm, I'm even going to set aside staff experiences because the staff were just not terribly pleasant. They weren't really accommodating. This was all a process thing. Um, you've got a Saturday afternoon on a rainy beach weekend, okay? Which right away that ought to tell you, hey, listen, the weather's bad people are probably going to come into the movie theater because there's not much to do if you can't get outside. Mm-hmm. You've got a big blockbuster movie opening that weekend. That ought to be another sign to you that, hey, we could experience a little bit of a crowd. you know. But we show up at this movie theater. We show up about 15 minutes before the showtime, and we're promptly told after sending in line for quite a while. We were actually in line for about 15 minutes, and we were told as we got to the front of the line, yeah, we just sold out oh. the show. Okay, that's frustrating enough. When is the next show? Oh, it's in 30 minutes. Okay, fine. We can wait for that. The problem is, is that at that point, they're basically saying, okay, we'll buy your ticket. And then you basically just have to stand in this area because we're not able to open up the rest of our lobby. And we don't have the other concession stands open, even though there are multiple stations all throughout this building where people could buy concessions. They have one lane open with staff. So basically, the line is wrapping multiple back and forths in this line, filling up the lobby. We don't have any room to sit down or anywhere to wait. So we're basically waiting for 30 minutes, standing up against the wall. And the place is crowded. It's understaffed. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, you know, the weather forecast has been saying rain for a few days now. You've got multiple cash registers. You've got multiple places people could buy concessions. You've got ways you could let people into other parts of the theater without them jumping into a movie theater for free. I mean, there's ways to control this, but it was very obvious from the experience that they weren't really willing to put any extra effort into it. These are the people we have working. This is what we're going to do. And everybody else just kind of has to deal with it. And unfortunately that's a mentality that a lot of places run into when, well, you know, we, this is just, you know, people want to come see this movie. So they're they're just going to have to kind of deal with it. It's a little bit of that perceived mentality you get uh, Mm -hmm. from it. I always find it so frustrating when I see multiple concession stands available, just yeah. not manned because they just didn't think ahead and actually get any staff people to work there. So instead everybody gets forced into one line, which takes three times as long to go through. So it's just that whole experience of, you know, leading up to it. My boys and I are going into the movie now with a very sour experience. I mean, we're already down about it and frustrated because we've had to stand against the wall in a crowded place. We didn't even try to get in the concession stand line because we saw how long it was. So it's just, it was frustrating. And again, it was more process driven than it was personality. We could deal with the people not being, we've gotten used to movie theater employees, not always being the most pleasant employees whenever we go places, but the process, just not thinking ahead that, wow, we, we could have a lot of people this weekend. We kind of need to do some extra steps to make sure everybody has a really great experience. And there's just not that mentality that we had there. So anyway, frustrating, yeah. disappointing, and unfortunately, it clouds my experience there. I have no desire to go back to that theater, even if that was just a one bad day they had. I don't know that. I assume that's the way they are every day. So now I have no desire to go back. Yeah, it's, you know, my conclusion from that is they just don't care. Right. Uh, because if they cared, they would do two things. They would anticipate and they would adjust. Mm-hmm. So they would anticipate what could happen. You know, think, be a little bit forward looking, view it from the customer's perspective, and and then they would adjust uh, when certain situations arose that maybe they didn't anticipate. And they did neither of those. So they didn't do the pre planning anticipation, they didn't do the in the moment 
adjustment. So to some extent, I, I, I just get the impression they just don't care. That's definitely the impression you get after going yeah. through something like that. And it happens at restaurants. It happens at other places where, you know, you just think to yourself, well, why weren't you thinking that this could be a crowded experience? Or why weren't you thinking of different ways to help flow the traffic if it did get busy? And uh, I just don't think it should have been a real big surprise to anybody right. at that point. And, you know, if it is a surprise, let's say uh, a big weather storm comes out of nowhere and does force a lot of people inside at the last minute and totally unexpected, not on the weather forecast. Uh, a movie is a, so much more successful and popular than anybody thought it could possibly be. You acknowledge it. You know, you say, hey, listen, we're really, we're really busy today. Mm -hmm. We're sorry. We did not expect this kind of crowd. Here's what we're going to do to try to make the process as, as smooth as possible. Show some energy that you're at least working on it. Not, I don't expect them to be miracle workers and somehow just miraculously have five more staff people show up out of sure. nowhere and lines just get shortened everywhere. But acknowledge it, you know, maybe give out some little freebies of people waiting in line for a long time or do something to just make them feel like you know what they're going through. And I think that's, that's the biggest challenge there. Yeah. And you just give me an idea for a tip of the week. Alan. Hey, that's outstanding. I like it. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> well, Ed, what's uh, what's your story? <clears throat> Mine's a little bit of a lessons learned as opposed to one specific story. This, okay. uh, uh, this podcast uh, about 10 years ago, my family was in car transition mode. Hmm. We had one really old car and one really bad car. Um, so we needed to buy a new car. In 2006, we bought a car from a gentleman named Angel. Uh, we had a great purchase experience with Angel. Uh, you know, he really did a good job. He wasn't the stereotypical uh, you know, negativity that you hear about car salesmen. The next year, we decided to transition our other car. So we bought another car, and we also bought that from Angel. Okay. Segwaying to a slightly different story, most years we take a vacation to the beach uh, when we take our annual summer vacation, uh, and we always book through the same travel or rental agency. Um, and this week, uh, my wife called uh, to book the location for this year's trip, uh, and she waited until midweek to contact the agency because mm -hmm. she knew her agent's schedule, and she wanted to make sure she was talking to her agent, and her agent is a lady named angel mm. and angel okay. was out early this week uh and my wife knew that and knew that angel would be in starting wednesday i believe it was so my okay. wife books uh our vacation summer vacations through angel every angel. year because mm -hmm. uh she has a consistently great experience with angel so there's two lessons learned one is that if you provide a very consistent experience a very predictable experience a very good experience and you have a great rapport with the customer that can lead to repeat business. Absolutely. Uh, second lesson is look for people named angel. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. really, that's really interesting. So two, yeah. you guys have had two angels floating over you. So yes. with positive experiences, that's nice. Yeah. Once a man, one is a male here in Charlotte and the other is a female somewhere near Charleston. I think it is. Uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of interesting. Well, Both named angel. Well, think about just how many times we, will go to a particular person, regardless of the company, just yes. because of the experience we had with them before. Yes. Um, now, I could see some organizations saying, well, that's a little dangerous because we want them to be coming to any of the employees at our organization. Yes. But I think it's okay, personally, to have some superstar employees that get you into the organization because, I mean, at least they can start developing a relationship with the whole company, but you've got to have that personality to get them in, and I think that's okay. Yes, yes um, I agree. Yeah, and and then of course you're talking about people that may be self-employed or independent individuals, and then in that case, absolutely, you want that name recognition. You want people knowing that you personally are someone who's going to take care of them. So yeah, that's really yeah, important. So our stories were about anticipating, acknowledging, adjusting, and angels. Angels, I like yes. it. Very very nice. Yeah. So that's been our show for today: defining and reacting and and managing this concept of disrespect and how to avoid that an important, important thing. And we hope, uh, we hope everybody will work on with their own employees and team members and people in the organization, because it can be a very, very damaging thing uh, for, for an organization to have that word disrespect floating out there. Uh, Ed Gagnon is with customer service solutions and Ed, people can still find your company at cssamerica.com. 
Yes. And that's also where they can sign up for email newsletters and tip of the week, which you mentioned. So maybe I'll see uh, my inspiration coming across the tip of the week in the coming, in the coming weeks. You just may. Absolutely. Uh, there are blog posts. There's other ways to contact Ed or any of his associates at Customer Service Solutions. So it's cssamerica.com. CSSAmerica, all one word, dot com. And then I'm with the Jackson Group, a firm handling employee and customer satisfaction and engagement surveys, both in the healthcare industry as well as some other uh, industries outside of healthcare. You can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com, T-H-E, jacksongroup.com, all one word on that middle part of the web address. So with that, uh, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Again, please check out our other shows or past episodes of this show at your own convenience online anytime you'd like at TheMesh.TV. Uh, for Stepping Up Service, this is Alan Jackson signing off. Ed, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too, Alan. All right. Enjoy take care, later. everyone. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.